Welcome to What's Your Tilt, a podcast that explores the Tilt 365 personality and strengths assessment. This assessment helps people understand not only what they do, but also the underlying drivers of why they do it. On this show, we interview leaders about the what and why of the incredible work they're doing in their field. But here's the deal. Our guest has also taken the True Tilt personality profile. And as you're hearing the conversation, we want you to guess their tilt. If you already know the tilt patterns and personas, feel free to skip ahead 60 seconds. If you don't, let's quickly go over them. The connection tilt is the cross-pollinator. They care about people and ideas, acceptance and freedom. They're friendly, chatty, and can be easily distracted. They need to know the who in any given situation. The impact tilt is the change catalyst. They care about ideas and results, freedom and power. They're big picture thinkers, direct and ready to get straight down to business. They need to know the why in any given situation. The structure tilt is the mastermind. They care about results and data, power and status. They're factual when they speak, logical, and get frustrated when they're interrupted or there is a change in plans. They need to know the how in any given situation. The clarity tilt is the quiet genius. They care about data and people, status and acceptance. They're polite and inclusive, fair and cautious. They consider all possible outcomes. They need to know the what in any given situation. The beauty of tilt is that it helps us understand and appreciate that we are whole beings. Personality is where we start, but character is who we choose to become. We can be, and often are, all of these tilt patterns at one time or another, either by choice or necessity. Now here's your host, Glodine Champion, Chief Business Development Officer at Tilt 365. As your new host of season two of What's Your Tilt, I wanted to give you a little bit of insight into me and see if you can guess my tilt. Think you can figure it out? Okay. So I help organizations empower their people by teaching them how to raise their awareness on their belonging and build meaningful connections as a way to create innovation, influential teams, and a culture people love. I'm the Chief Business Development Officer at Tilt 365. I'm a personal growth and leadership development coach and a DEI team building facilitator. I'm also the author of Sam and Croquettes, a coming-of-age novel about a girl struggling with her sexuality. The story is set in 1965 because it's also historical fiction about the Watts riots. One of the greatest reviews I've received so far summarized my novel as a catalyst for understanding, change, and greater love. I think that was the best way to describe how my story has impacted its readers. I'm also a keynote speaker, and one of my talks is on my journey to extreme leadership. Now, let me unpack that a little bit because extreme leadership is important to my journey because my mother was my first extreme leader. And she taught me three important lessons growing up. One, a closed mouth don't get fed. So I learned to ask for what I wanted or need it without fear. Two, the only stupid question is the one you don't ask, which taught me to be fearless when it comes to being vulnerable. And three, the world doesn't revolve around you. Now, this last one didn't make sense to me because I was an only child. And of course, the world revolved around me until I became a leader in the Navy. I was 18 years old. And 
was the recruit chief petty officer in boot camp and responsible for the 32 women in our company. And by the end of those eight weeks, I'd learned two important things. One, in order for me to be successful, every woman in the company had to succeed. And if I wanted anyone to follow, trust, and respect me, I had to be willing to do the same. Which meant as a leader, I had to be willing to follow, trust that sometimes my team knew things I didn't know, and be respectful of everyone, even when I didn't agree with them, and in some cases, maybe didn't like them so much. As a personal growth and leadership development coach, the biggest challenge I see in leadership is a willingness to be vulnerable. Now, granted, I had a whole lifetime of being vulnerable because my mother said, a closed mouth, don't get fed, and the only stupid question is the one you don't ask. I wonder if Webster had defined vulnerability the way Brene Brown defines it, so that it's seen as a strength rather than a weakness. Because I believe that might help people be more willing to be vulnerable. Every day I'm professionally motivated by the chance to help someone step into their greatness or at bare minimum, leave them feeling better than I found them. Although I mentioned I'm a keynote speaker at a conference, I'd much rather be walking around meeting new people and if possible, in a breakout room, leading a conversation about courage, vulnerability, those character traits that help us step into our greatness. If someone asked me if I was logical or practical, I'd say I'm practical. I tried logical in my life and the box it put me in was really tight. And if someone asked me if I was more of a big picture or task-oriented person, I'd say I'm totally big picture. Now, I do have to qualify this a little bit. I'm a Six Sigma black belt. And I was also a project manager for a long time. So the task-oriented aspect is part of who I am. And I am forced to sometimes be task-oriented. But what I have found is that the tasks get in the way of me being able to focus on the big picture because they're usually tasks I don't want to do, like focus on the details. I first became familiar with Tilt when my friend Christy invited me to join the Tilt Laser Coaching Certification class. And I didn't even want to be a coach. Let me just say that. I didn't even want to be a coach. But I'll quickly tell you that shortly after finding out about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey and all the craziness that was going on in the country, I remember quieting myself and asking the universe to help me figure out what I could do to affect change. Because I think up to that point, I was just kind of, you know, going through life, doing the best I can without really any focus. And the answer came back to me, love. And I thought that love was more of a, you know, tell people you love them kind of on the surface. So I was, I live in Monterey. I was running around Monterey telling people I love them and paying for people's food at Starbucks, you know, and telling the barista at the window to tell the people in the cars to pay it forward. And I got a message one day that said, this is not the love we're talking about. Your purpose in life is to be love, spread love, and teach love. And I realized that in order to do that, I myself had to love me first. And it was in that journey kind of to self-love and self-discovery that I got the call to join that laser coaching certification class. And as much as I wanted to resist it, I realized that part of coaching is helping other people step into their greatness. 
and that is an act and labor of love. I believe that 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 call I got from Christy was part of my purpose, if you will. And so taking my first tilt assessment in this space was also another way for me to heighten my self-awareness and love myself even more because what the assessment did was help me embrace and accept the fact that I am not perfect. (laughs) Uh, I think that the thing that, that gets in the way of us being able to really be authentic is accepting the fact that we're perfectly imperfect. My assessment also helped me realize how I had impacted other people in my career. And if I had had that tilt assessment 20 years ago, I would have definitely had different relationships with people that I worked on teams with. I would have realized that the people that were telling me to slow down or the people that were asking me questions that I thought were asinine were because they really needed to understand or they needed time to think before they acted or they needed time to process or they didn't like being put on the spot. Like there are so many things that I understood about the way I was showing up in spaces and how I was affecting the people that I was on teams with. Now, the the good part of that is that my ability to connect with people, I think, help bridge a lot of the gaps that my inability to see how I was showing up may have created. So if you haven't figured it out already, I'll leave you with this crazy story. My first trip out of the United States was to Ghana in December 2010. I was an adjunct professor at Chicago State and Columbia College at the time. And there were days when I didn't know who was going to eat, me or my then dog, Max. But that didn't stop me from volunteering to teach English to children in Bojoazi, Ghana, a remote village about two hours outside of Accra. I had $300 in travel money after paying for my airfare, and 250 of it was for housing. I'd planned to be there for three weeks, which left me $50. I didn't know how I was going to make it. I just believed I would, and I am not recommending anyone do this. I'm just saying. But while I was on a layover in New York, a friend gave me the number of a woman she knew in Accra, and I reached out that first weekend and wound up making the two-hour trek to Accra from the village in a trotro. Imagine one of those old, old Toyota minivans. Now imagine it's been turned into a bus with four rows. First, let me say I'm six feet tall. Yes, six feet. So imagine two hours, knees in the chest, no air conditioning, Africa heat but I digress. Anyway, at the end of the visit, my friend, my new friend asked, what are you going to do for your last week here? And I said, I don't know. And she said, I do. You're going to stay here with me and my husband and I'll show you around. The lesson in that divine love always has met, always will meet every human need. On that trip, I learned about faith, the power of abundance and patience. And if you've ever been forced to use an outhouse, you understand, yes? So do you think you know my tilt? If you're thinking I'm an impact, you would be absolutely right. I am the impact, the change catalyst. And I have been that way since my very first day on this earth. Uh, One thing that's important for an impact is to understand the why. And again, with that tilt assessment, I couldn't say this earlier, with with taking the assessment helped me understand why I drove my mother crazy. Because she would tell me to do something And my question would be why, not in an obstinate way, but because I truly needed to understand why I was being asked to do something. Or when she told me I couldn't 
do something, which she got a lot of whys. When I would ask why, it wasn't because I was, again, trying to be obstinate. I needed to understand why I couldn't do this thing. Is it going to kill me? I don't think so. So why can't I do it? But now I get it. My whole thing is understanding the why, which also explains why I ran from my calling for so long because I didn't understand it. And now I get it. All the life experience that I've had, all the roles that I've had in leadership and being part of a team, my time in the military, like every aspect of my life when I look back through it, the thread that went through all of it was that I was coaching sometimes officially, but most times unofficially with executives and team members. When I was in the military, when I wasn't even in a leadership role on companies, leaders came to me because they knew I would tell them the truth. So it made sense that coaching would be the next step. Being a keynote speaker, I did stand-up comedy. Uh, People asked me to speak in different forms across my experience. Like Everything that I'm doing right now, the road was paved through my life for me to be right here, where I am right now. And it makes total sense that I would be the messenger of love because I was raised with love and I have been love in spaces everywhere I've gone. And I I think about, sometimes people say to me, how do you stay so positive? And I don't think that it's necessarily that I'm concentrating on being positive. I think what it is, is that I'm so comfortable in my skin that unless somebody works really hard to get under my skin, I can find the good in almost any situation. And when I can't find the good, then I go somewhere and I quiet myself until I can, or I find a way to forgive the person for their behavior, forgive myself for however I reacted and responded to it, and then I have to let it go. So even though I'm an impact tilt, I have a good balance between my resilience and wisdom, but I think I'm kind of balanced across the board. I tap into the humanity quadrant because I really care about people and I want the best for people. And well, I think I live in courage 90% of the time. So that's all for today. I'm so excited to be hosting the show and some of the episodes we have coming up are phenomenal. Like the next one with Steve Farber from the Love is Just Damn Good Business podcast. Until then. Thank you so much for listening to What's Your Tilt. To learn more about Tilt, visit tilt365.com. If you like this show, show us some love. You can write us a review, give us a rating, tell your friends, share it with your networks. All of that helps others find us and find their Tilt. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. We'll talk with you again soon on What's Your Tilt.